Keep your hands and head inside the vehicle at all times. Buckle your seatbelts, check your mirrors, sit on back and relax. It's lights out and away we go for the Tall and Short of It podcast. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the Tall and Short of It podcast. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Justin, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you too, man. We were doing a little bit of pre-chat before the episode, but yeah, for the most part, we like to get right into things. I don't want to, um, we don't like to pre-set up the conversation at all, huh? Uh, eh, sometimes, depends. But today, what we've got set up for everyone, we've got a little lead up into this week's F1 race. A uh, lot of play-in talk for the first two days of the play-in stages at Worlds 2021 for League of Legends, uh, and then a little bit of Magic games that Justin got in the other day. So, uh, pretty good docket. Uh, probably not the longest episode, but I guess we'll see. Well, you've got to uh, you've got to hit the road, Jack, at the end of this one. So yeah, I don't uh, hope not to eat too much time. But yeah, looking forward uh, looking forward to chat chatting like like you said we had the first two days of the play-in stages um i guess that's going to be the meat of the show there and then we just have one more day tomorrow of play-ins and then we move to the next stage um but before we get into all of that aaron start us off with your rose thorn and seed my friend well you mentioned part of my rose so i'm going it's, it's vacation mode now uh, once the pod is done, this is we're getting down to business here, but then I'll be full, full on vacation mode for the next few days. Going to be nice. down in Florida and I'm hoping the weather is better than it's expecting to be now, but either way, like I'm just going to be relaxing. Uh, I also got a new phone, so that's kind of cool. It's been like, uh, interesting to figure out because i got an iphone and i haven't had an iphone before so it's like very there it's very similar but there's a number of things that are just like weird or different that slightly bother me but it's i mean it's a nice phone i'm glad i have it it works well but it's just gonna take some getting used to i guess well i have to say that's funny you said that because and I guess I'm dumb for not mentioning it, but yeah, I had seen uh, you know, new new login to so and so. I was like, oh well, I guess our account got hacked too, and everything went down. No, no, our our account's good. I good. I had to do all my login stuff. I was like going back through and logging into like Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and just like anything and everything. So uh got everything rolling here pretty good uh, now isn't that a scary phone. feeling when you're like approaching the uh the password screen and you're like do the, i know this one i hit the forgot password on a lot of different hell apps. yeah i like or, I, or why do i use that's what yeah that's what you because, do man because usernames like i have three i guess that i usually use and it just could be any one of them. It could right. be that one of them was taken when I already like they're pretty generic. So it's very possible sometimes for one to be taken and I have to swap to another one. So, gotcha. but yeah, I forgot password. I hit it plenty of times. Fortunately, a lot of them are just like, oh, like 
just confirm your like that this is your phone number by mm-hmm. us sending you a little message and you type in the Those code. Are I was cool. like, I was like, great. And then that logs me in and it's like, you want to use your face ID to unlock these apps? I'm like, yes, I do. So I can just stare at the phone and it unlocks them. So it's it's weird, but it it's kind of nice that technology has gotten past um, mm-hmm. me needing to memorize a bajillion different logins. So, yeah, that is an interesting adaptation. I love the like just log in with Google. Um, yeah, that things that things really helpful. I do um, that a lot too. So yeah, the uh, it's it's a fear unlike anything else when you approach that password screen. That's pretty funny. But yeah, continue, man. Uh, so yeah, those are that's my rose. I'm like, it's nice to have this new thing to play with and kind of check out and get used to. Um, and then vacation. My thorn also kind of has to do with vacation because I have been trying to find a tie for this wedding that I'm going to and like that's gonna match Colleen's dress because I don't have one that matches it so I went to like three different stores looking for ties and mm-hmm. none of them had like any ties it was like the rack and there's like maybe eight of those little like hook things that they hang them on yeah and only like two and a half of those have any ties at all and like i think the one place i went had like six ties Mm. in the entire section i'm like now are stores like sold out of things maybe but i just didn't expect ties to be one of them Um, you know maybe a lot of people are like unemployed going to get new jobs I don't know. Couldn't Weird, maybe man. It's, well, maybe it's like what delivery are they made from out other of? country. It's. I mean, a lot of them are probably made in like Bangladesh and like right. Some other, yeah. So it's possible that who knows? Maybe there's an entire freighter just stocked with ties that's sitting in a harbor somewhere in like a quarantine or something. I don't wow, know, dude. That's weird. I mean, but like just think bizarre. That's probably what it is. I mean, why wouldn't why else wouldn't there be a tie? That's crazy. Yeah, because I was just like popping into stores and every one of them was like the same exact thing. Very few ties and none that looked remotely like I could uh, wear them to this wedding. So I'm going to bank on there being like a mall down in Florida uh, somewhere along our way from the airport to the Airbnb and just going to bank on stopping somewhere and buying a tie or just check the airport i feel like there'll be like uh there's there's got to be like a business casual store oh, at the airport. They, i always forget that Dude. they have those at yeah airports. i mean how many motherfuckers are just flying out for a meeting like yeah, you, that's you true your shirt, like oh we i mean you know it might be at a markup but guaranteed you can find a tie at an airport keep your yeah. eye open i'll have to or, look out for that let me just waste your time with this one. You could you could cut out a little bit of her dress for the for the color sample, take it to a paint store, get that paint made, and then dip a tie in that paint. I'll stop you right there because paint is another thing that is like very difficult to get right now. Paint, they can't get the raw materials to make a lot of different paints like Sherwin Williams like is a mess they have if you go in they're like 
I'm like, do you have this, 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 and this? Because we're painting the clubhouse that I'm working at right now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we don't have any of those things. But oh, wow. we can pull a gallon from this store and a gallon from that store and a gallon from that store and bring them all here. And then we can mix them and you can pick them up. And it's like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, you, very rare now that you could just walk into a paint store and just walk out with exactly what you need. It's weird. Hmm. So, so paint. Uh, guess that uh, that rules out your your game plan. Hi, but maybe I'll come up with something. Maybe Michael's crafts. I can like uh, get some dye and and dye a tie. Oh, uh, that would just come out looking like. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's would, no way that looks good, dude. It would look horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might as well just like wear your Halloween costume. What the yep. hell? <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, but yeah, that's my thorn. It was just a pain. And so I'm really hoping I can find a tie. I feel like I should bring one just in case, but none of them match. So I think it's Whoa. better to just go without than what about to wear. Bow tie? Eh, that's a bit much. I don't have any bow ties either. Mm. That's the other Dang, problem. Dude. I'd either look like a server with my black bow tie <laughs> or I have my bow tie I wore to my brother's wedding, which is like yellow. And Colleen's dress is like uh, burgundy. Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Hmm. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, but my seed is the position I've been at at work now. I'm settling in a bit more. Um, I'm able to kind of like just do everything pretty easily and keep up with my normal work stuff that I have to do. Um, and I've found some time to do some organizing and things like that of the office working out of, which is good because it really needed it. Um, the old manager like claimed to be a very organized person. And I feel like, uh, what is it at either Maury or no, Jerry, <clears throat> Jerry Springer. I'm like, and the lie detectors determined that is a lie because this lady didn't have a single email filed in her inbox for the past two years every like she had folders she had folders for all sorts of different things just nothing in them from the past two years so i it took me multiple days just to get her inbox down to like only current emails and organized but now that I've like gotten a lot of that knocked out, I'm like, okay, it should be relatively smoother sailing. Right. It's so. easier to keep up than it is to catch up. It's a good point or a good way to put it. Hell exactly. yeah. Dude. So that's my seed. I'm getting things where I want to be slowly, but surely I'm making. Nice. That's a really good seed. I like that. Now, do you think. This is a stretch, but do you think there would be a correlation between your improved mental clarity and your ability to like put things together in the world around you? Um, how so? Or explain a little more. Well, just I know you've been getting decent results from therapy. So do you think the better organizing of your own life has led to like a rearranging of focus in your work to allow you to like free that time up. 
Um, maybe to uh, a little extent, just do, yeah, I guess some to just do the fact that I don't have other fluttering my mind as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been able to, yeah, definitely kind of get a little more focused in and everything. I'm not, uh, like as distracted or anything and can kind of get into it. So that, I would say that definitely does help. Um, nice. That's awesome. I think. In general, though, lately I've been very, I've been on a kick of like, if something's not very organized, I want to get it like organized because now that I'm like taking medicine for ADHD and things like that, like I realize I need a sort of um, like game plan for getting things done. And when everything's like where it should be or easy to like get what I need. Uh, to do everything else like that just makes it very much smoother for my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to be very smooth brain and just like <laughs> monotonously go about my tasks. Well, but smooth brain in the way that you're not creating roadblocks for yourself. Like that makes not, me think of yeah. the like the. I don't I don't know who the original guy was, but you'll hear people say every name in the book. But like the the like the Steve Jobs thing where, you know, he wore the same sweater and jeans. Right. Like the the whole closet is just the same sweater and jeans to remove that choice, remove that obstacle in the day of like, oh, I just know what I'm wearing. You can you can replace that that thing that used to clutter with just like maybe a more like efficient thought slot. Right. That's fair. I think that's an interesting one though, because like just per for me personally, because I do not have very much difficulty like picking something to wear. Like that's a really like, I know what things match and what things don't. So I just grab two things that match out of like maybe a pair of pants that match the, a certain shirt and then i throw on the matching shoes i have like i it's like i have set outfits but they're just not the same right like thing again and again it's like a rotation I, I see what you're saying i guess i was more relating the like when when you're looking at the space around you trying to formulate a plan in your head oh, yeah to formulate that plan in your head because things are laid out neatly in front of you regardless of if those things are related to the plan they're related because it helps you make the plan because it's decluttered yeah no that that definitely makes sense so i think uh you know just like a useful a useful thing to have learned about yourself and how to like apply it at work that's like kind of cool yeah it can yeah. slow me down a little bit because I have to do like try and do certain things first. But once I get things like in order, it's just smooth sailing. So, sure. so you so you take a little extra time, but you can do better work like when you're doing the work. Yeah. And then yeah, over cool. longer time like that decluttering and like organizing like pays off in speeding up tasks down the line, too. It's not just an immediate thing like a long-term kind of so nice enough about my week how have you been my man how's your uh hit me with your thorn and seed 
So I'll start with my rose. Um, I re-met a, a, a gentleman that I went to school with. His name's Ben. Um, so I say re-met because like, obviously we would have known each other in school, but he came to play magic with us last Is night. Ben I know? Um, most likely. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, gotcha. And we had some fun games. We can get into that later, but that was just the rose. Um, it's nice to bring someone into the fold and like have them enjoy it. And it's just like an all around good experience for everybody. Um, so even though we played Monday and Tuesday, um, uh, last night was extra special because, you know, we all had a we, we you know, we were all just, you know, blowing each other and it was a good time. Um, my, my thorn, um, and this is, this is odd, but it's like a, a bit of a rose as well. So my thorn is, I've been like kind of tired the last couple days, but that is because of the, like, I'm a night owl traditionally, but the world's games have started like way early in the morning really? at like 7am yep. and but because because of my work schedule, I've been able to like be up for them to watch them. So my my circadian rhythm has been like significantly knocked off just because of just because of the world's games. So I've been like, you know, napping during some of the less interesting games like. So so, yeah, I'm just a, a little more tired than I have been recently due to Worlds, but that is overall a good thing uh, because the games have been super exciting. And again, I'm um, looking forward to get, getting into that later. Um, and then my seed is um, more of a like a meta commentary about this podcast, podcast about podcasting is there are a couple of like key elements to where i believe like we are improving and that is like very exciting to me i think there's an element to which like we've well there, there there's just a bunch of good stuff going on um but i think that's like interesting to note because we just hit a year a couple weeks back and i think throughout that time and even like now moving forward i think we're continually improving and like making headway on making this a better more fun show like for us and then if we have more fun then you know more people want to listen so overall oh, i think it's just like getting better at the pod yeah i think that's a, a pretty cool thing too for us just because neither of us came in with any experience of like recording like putting stuff together like podcasts it, like we didn't make youtube videos we don't like none of those things a lot of like big podcasts i feel like had going we didn't on. even like say funny like, shit on twitter yeah like we were we were just kind of like doing just chilling playing video games mate like joking around laughing and then we we're like yeah let's do this talking thing yeah it's kind of cool yeah so um yeah, for the fact that we didn't have any background in any of this, like it's pretty pretty awesome that we've got it and kept it going for for this long as we have and continue or plan to continue to uh, make podcasts and everything improve and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I definitely agree. So that's my that's my seed for the week. 
Um, just cause I know me and you've had some recent conversations about it. I'm tooling around in my head with it. I know you've been tooling around in your head with it. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's just all good stuff, but enough about us and the podcast itself, Aaron, I'm looking forward to, well, tomorrow we'll get to hear from, get to hear from the drivers and then we have FP one on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. How you feeling? Um, I feel pretty good. I haven't really looked to see if there's any like weird weather, because uh, obviously last year the Turkish Grand Prix was a, a rainy one, but I'm excited for it. Um, after having these like back-to-back races and everything, when you have even a week in between, it's kind of feels a little weird, like something's missing. So excited for the race. Um, I mean, the, the driver's standings at the top are two points apart right now. And there's a lot of reason to be looking forward to this and kind of seeing how it goes. Um, so, yeah, like drive, like you said, driver's press conferences tomorrow. Uh, they'll be getting into practices and all on Friday. Um, but hopefully we have a, a good fun race. I like the, the Turkish uh, ring, the Istanbul Park circuit. Yeah, I was doing, I was looking into it a little bit. We've got 14 turns, 58 laps. Um, It was off the calendar for a little while. Uh, I think it was like, I think it was like eight or nine years or so. Last year was the return of it after that hiatus. Um, And a couple of interesting storylines from last year's race, if anybody remembers. That's where we had Lance Stroll on pole after qualifying. Um, And then the start of the race was a very slow start for a lot of the drivers at the front. A couple of drivers. He was spinning his wheels hard including max like you said um so yeah like really interesting shake up at the start and then obviously as the track kind of evolved we had some drier sections the race kind of cleared up later but yeah overall just say um our favorite phrase just a wet and wild race we had people spinning like crazy um so that was last year or just at least like a little sense of last year but um yeah i'm hoping for i'm hoping for maybe some less water um, yeah because it I'm, always is dangerous i'm okay with uh with it being just a little bit more of a normal race um hopefully so i'm trying to look and see if he says friday there might be a little bit of rain oh and saturday there's a lot more likely chance to rain so so we may be qualifying in the wet then we may be qualifying and racing so, okay gotcha uh, now i think sunday yeah it goes from well what it's saying right now 72 percent to down to 68 okay. percent so it's gonna be it, it there's potential for it to rain again which i mean we've had a lot of i feel like we've had a number of rainy races this year more than usual there's likely something to be said about the climates that those races are held in. Like maybe it's actually naive to expect dry races. Like I'm curious if you look over the history of some of these tracks, there's, you can probably put together a percentage of like, Oh, there's actually an 85% chance of rain at like X, Y, and Z track. 
but in your head, you know, during the week and blah, 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 like, oh, it looks sunny out, da, da. When in reality, over the course of time, where that track is, the time of year that those races are usually held, yeah. you know, I'm just curious how much of that there is. I was, I was listening to, I was listening to, uh, one of the strategists from Alpha Tauri and she was talking, they have a preparation window for any given race starts. I think they said 13 weeks before the race date. So there's got to be significant data gathering involved and consideration for, um, for the upcoming races. But then even then, like, just think of all the, just think of how many people have memories of just like, oh yeah, I've never been at, um, I've never been at Paul Ricard, like on a, on a sunny day. Like it's always been overcast and cold, you know, like there's gotta be, there's gotta be some kind of like state memory for that in the, um, like in, in for the positions where it would matter for like that data. You know what I mean? I'm sure you, there's gotta be a way to like look back over like historically and find the dates of races at those tracks and like put together kind of some sort of, um spreadsheet or something of like what the weather was like did it rain during the race did it not did it was cold was it warm like all that kind of stuff yeah, um, for sure so i'd be curious there there i wouldn't be shocked if there was something like that out there either so but somebody's probably already doing those calculations yeah i would guess that the teams probably have people that do a lot of that kind of stuff so yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting, though, with last year's qualifying, we had, like, but we had Max uh, and Checo as P two and three. So mm-hmm. I mean, Checo being on racing point, of course, at the time, but uh, the fact that the two of them were up there, I think, makes me feel pretty good about um, maybe just them feeling comfortable with the track or. I don't know. I I think that's can't be a bad thing. So no, I don't. Um, I don't think that's a bad um, you know, point to make. Looking at the looking at the track, I think it. I think with the amount of turns, it could be well. Probably the amount of turns doesn't really matter. But looking at the turns specifically, it seems like a track that Red Bull would be suited for where it seems like a lot of just like medium speed corners and then mm-hmm. a couple of high speed sections like in the back, uh, the back straight and then the the pit lane straight. So based on last year's qualifying, what the track looks like, yeah, hopefully we can have another um, another good weekend from Red Bull. And I'm not sure what it would say about the... Cause that was racing point, but that was Mercedes engine. So mm. maybe, maybe there's something to be said about the Mercedes power being pretty strong there as well. Yeah, it could be cause the, the Mercedes power is strong in the straights. Uh, and they, they do uh, on the back stretch. That is a really long, pretty straight section just with the one turn in the middle. Um, so I think that that, uh, could be very good for Mercedes power, but I think, uh, the rest of everything, uh, the turns and the different, um, around the track 
uh, might be a little more suited. So I guess we'll see. There's what. There's a lot that could end up uh, mixing things up. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now this was this was one of the races last year where Alex was attacking. Um, you saw him at the front of the pack for a good amount of the race. Now. Do you think with him coming back into F1, thinking about a race like this from him, are you looking forward to him being back in a, in a Formula One seat? Um, I am. I think that what I'm looking forward to is just seeing him get to race mm-hmm. um, without too much, like, pressure i don't think anyone's expecting alex albon in a win races or podium but uh i think alex albon in a red bull had those expectations mm-hmm. um so i think it will be a lot uh more relaxed you can see him be more comfortable uh in that car and everything and it really gets to see what kind of driver he is i think the mental aspect of of being in the red bull is probably um pretty difficult just in general so maybe this will let him just be a little more relaxed not try and make some of those uh overly aggressive moves or or um like just let him get some more experience um in his career so yeah, for sure. And obviously that, you know, it doesn't matter for this upcoming weekend. But as I was going back over and looking at the um, the footage of last year's last year's race, that was one of the things that struck me. It was like, oh, damn, he's like actually racing in that Red Bull, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just made me think about like, oh, fuck, like he's he's probably actually a pretty good driver. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him back in in the seat next year. But uh, yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. That was just something that came up. Um, turn nine, Diabolica. What a fucking turn name! That's a pretty pretty wild name for a turn. I and feel that's like the that's... Um, the four apex section there at the top. Yeah, that's a little uh, concerning. Like turn. I think I anything that has uh, the name Diabolica sounds just brutal so i guess we'll see i think honestly though i think turns three four five and six that little like section there is one of like i think it looks cool just looking at the track but Mm -hmm. it's not as i guess fun because it's a lot harder to pass because you've got like someone's on the inside then they're on the outside again and it's all this back and forth so well, that's the um that's the beauty of the chicane, right? Because you're going like the outside of the first turn is the inside of the next one. Yeah. So like it's not game over at the beginning or end of either of them. It's like a it's like a whole fight through the chicane. Yeah, and this one it's those turns are a little like I guess longer than a typical chicane too. Sure. That also makes it kind of interesting because um, you do get to pick up a little bit speed in each of those uh stretches but Mm. um but yeah i think it's a really it's a fun track um i'm hoping with all the turns and the amount of sharp turns 
We don't have uh, much wet weather because, I mean, even last year we saw Lewis uh, having to go through breaks where he was hydroplaning, uh, trying to slow down. People Mm -hmm. out, like you said. Um, So it's a very, it's a track that I feel like would be easy to do that if we do have rain um, and was proven last year. So. One thing to be said about the rain, big runoff areas, though. So I think definitely, um, yeah, it's not a bad track in terms of that. So it still yeah. should be a pretty, pretty safe, even with that. Um, hopefully, so yeah. So definitely looking forward to the Turkish Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Sorry to the the fans, no race companion this weekend. Although we have big plans for upcoming races. Um, not one for this one coming up, but uh, we will have others because Aaron will be in vacation mode. Exactly. So, but I'm looking forward to when we get to uh, race companion and everything. It's with you and kind of chatting throughout the race. Um, so looking forward to that when we we get the next opportunity. Hell yeah, man. But uh, Turkish Grand Prix starts Friday. Um, any last uh, any last thoughts there, Aaron? Um, not really. Just okay. excited for another race. Um, should be a fun one. Hell yeah, man. Now we've been we've been inundated with about. 16 hours of international competition. We've seen teams from across the globe duke it out on Summoner's Rift with champions and villains and heroes alike. What were your impressions of those first games, Aaron? Um, So the biggest thing for me was that uh, LNG and both looked really good just right out of the gates. That first match that they had, um, first match of play-ins in in this year's Worlds, um, both teams like came out hot. LG ended up taking that, but Hanwa looked really solid throughout that first game. Um, definitely was in it. It wasn't any stomp by any means. So um, I, I kind of fully expect like we had, talked about a little bit for both of those teams to be coming out of group a um but yeah some really solid play from them and uh specifically just like tarzan um and i i think they were saying ale is it is it ale or yeah. is it Ale? i think they were saying ale they both looked really um solid mm-hmm. throughout the start of of the tournament so far um and i mean i don't think it, there wasn't too much that really surprised me out of out of the other teams in group a um group b with cloud nine uh i'll i will say i was a little surprised that they they looked as hot as as they have so far um yeah what are what are your thoughts of i guess group a group b um group a i would say the it's a shame it's a shame Hanwa had to play LNG for the first game because that was going to be like the team that hands them the loss, right? But that game was really fucking exciting. I loved, like, specifically, I loved the pick and ban in that game. Like, you had the, you had the, 
the 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 Trindamir pick that like literally everybody's been talking about. You know, you're seeing you know you're seeing mid beast videos. You're seeing you know um sneaky medios like all oh, like the secret picks for worlds. Like oh, but actually like these are the champions people would be playing. Like you heard about the Trindamir mid. Chovy brings it out. It was like it was really hype. I was like oh shit, like this is so like it's a thing. It's not just like a solo queue, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I thought that was fascinating, dude. And then, and this is like, this is the thing that had me thinking about like, damn, like we are like, we are getting better at this where the thing that we set up in the previous episode, when we were talking about, when we were talking about LNG was the one note that we said about them. We were like, that Jack's pick seems pretty interesting. And then that's kind of where we left it. We didn't have much to say. What did they, what did they answer with in that pick and ban? Ale plays the jacks and it was beautiful. So like just just the pick and ban was was exactly what you would have expected out of out of China and Korea and then the game like inside of that pick and ban like really delivered. So I loved the set piece match that was awesome. Now, I have to say, I thought with the lineup that Infinity Esports had, I I thought they would have been able to grab some wins. I don't think they looked bad in the games, but there were there were some there were some pretty like rough things from 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 like both the Canids and Infinity Esports. Um, so yeah, pretty easy for Group A with LNG and Hanwha. Um, and then Group B, I think there's a lot more parity among the teams um it seems like especially with uh galatasaray i think is think they were saying it like they were really impressive um i think they gave all like the other teams that they played they gave them a run for their money they went 2-2 um i think they were also the team that gave cloud nine the closest run for their money um like it took a little while for Cloud Nine to really uh, take control of that and everything, and they advantage uh, good um, took advantage of some good opportunities uh, to get some kills. They almost had a real uh, sneaky Baron by catching out uh, perks, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, and then just going straight on Baron. They didn't end up getting it. They had to, but like they were they were play like making some solid moves even. Yeah when they were behind. So I was, I was pretty impressed with them as well. Um, but I feel like a number of the, the Turkish teams that we've had in the past have been surprisingly, um, or like kind of surprise us a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and we're at a point where I think if you are, I think if you are underrating any of these players and any of the, these teams based on, coming from a place that you just don't recognize i think that's like that's a thought fallacy i think at this point in league of legends to where they are teams that are right on the edge of the meta like they're picking the same champions or doing this like they're doing the exact same things they have they have god to your players like that doggo on ezreal these last two days he was fucking insane like it's it's games like that it's games like that. It's performances like that on Ezreal that people think like, oh yeah, that like that's why we pick Ezreal for the the f- just 
flinging mystic shots and just nailing everybody. Like that's what yeah. you think of, but like you got to embody that. You got to be that kind of player, right? So I think Doggo really did that. Just from like a, an individual player standpoint, I think Doggo was a fucking animal. He's definitely the person that I feel like you have to shut down on the team because he just looks like so, so strong, um, especially on that Ezreal pick. And I think that's things like we just end up seeing. We saw it with like Broken Blade was a Turkish player before he came to TSM. Like we've had uh, a few other Turkish players that have just been like studs and standouts that kind of end up going uh, to some of the larger regions playing there as well. So I think that's cool that uh, they have, they do like really have some of that talent. Um, I mean, I remember when we first started watching worlds probably like back season two, season three, any of the, like what are now called developing regions that at the time they called wild regions. Um, oh, dude, no like, chance and you would literally just like turn turn the tv off like you didn't need to watch that, it. but that's what it was it was like the wild card because like right. they would just randomly like once a world one team from one of these regions would get like a single win that would just throw things out of whack but that was like about all it was like these teams are legitimately take games off of uh some of the bigger teams uh larger regions so yeah, and the um, the champion pools are there. If anything, they have some very interesting champions um, that they're that they're willing to pull out. Now, I know this is less interesting and more of I think just status quo right now. Was I think the misfortune fucking came out of left field for me? I did not really expect that at all. With the Amumu, I should have, but yeah. I didn't really take the Amumu seriously. <clears throat> like. Part of me, part of me doesn't ever know what to do with like the stuff that you see about like scrims and like the solo queue, oh, whatever. Yeah, I like, who knows what you're supposed to do with that stuff. So, and and that was again like the thing about the Trindomir. I was like, I, I, I don't know, man. But seeing the misfortune, I'm pretty sure she was pick banned a hundred percent, which she is was, yeah. like and fa fascinating to me. I think it's a mix of so like. I think everyone wants, uh, I think Misfortune got uh, some, maybe some little tweaks that beefed up her damage a little bit, maybe. Lethality, lethality yeah, build so, uh, being like affordable or like yeah. upgraded. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. with that, um, and the fact that we already had these engaged supports, um, people like the Leona, um, like the Thrash and things like that, um, it's, if especially with other teams not playing very mobile ad carries like you're having you're not seeing like the kaisa ezreal the only like mobile ad carry really that you're seeing except for if you someone gets the lucian nami um that's the only other time i feel like that you're seeing a pretty mobile ad carry it's like misfortune Jin, um like ezreal some of these long range 80 carries and people aren't really pinching the bot lane at all either they're just kind I've of seen draven bands against some players though that that's not, that's not a pinch that's just like a like a target yeah band. well just... and 
And so, that was also like um, I've, I'm blanking on the team they played today, so I'd have to look. I think it's um, someone on Infinity, maybe uh, playing the Cassadin. Oh yeah, that was their first. That was the first well, champ that got banned against them. Yeah, like or like they are known for playing the Cassadin. I'm blanking on which team that was. Um, but just the fact that that's being banned, I think I think I think it was Mowen for Beyond Gaming, maybe, um, who plays the yeah. Cassidin. It was either him or No Man's. It was that game. So well, um, it was Blue Side banned Cassidin first, so it would have been against No Man's. Okay, so yeah, there URL. we go. Yeah, just dude, took me shout out Wikipedia, man. <laughs> <laughs> just took me three, I guess, is to narrow it down. But yeah, no man's uh, just picking up Cassidy bands when that's not a thing. I think they've probably in scrims and all just seen that, seen the Draven. There's probably some other uh, unique picks, and I think teams are more comfortable banning them against the developing regions than they they might be against like uh, Hanwha or uh, LNG. Uh, teams just because they have other priority bands that they're like these are these are more meta we're not as concerned about the pocket pick kind of thing right although i do believe in in this like phase of a tournament having the pocket pick is like super fucking useful to oh, where yeah. you just have the thing that you can go to like where was it the graves yeah for fucking blue side picked it yeah for infinity esports they picked the graves i believe that was for the jungle and yeah because yeah, they picked a moo support as well that that pick to me was so much of like and I don't know what it was for the player, but when I saw it, I was like, damn, that's dope in the sense of here, here's a pick that this player has that he doesn't have to fight over at all. Mm. Nobody, nobody's banning it out in other games. It's not like everybody's playing it. Well, so and what was, go ahead. Well, what was also wild about that was that it, uh, that was beyond gaming. They picked, that was against cloud nine. They picked up the Lilia and, yep. uh, basically baited cloud nine into picking the malphite for top lane um since they thought it was going to be graves top mm. instead of graves jungle and then mm. they just went and played lilia in the solo lane and honestly did not do too badly like i no. expected that to be a, a bit worse than it was but it was not about so it was it was interesting to see that flex so yeah, to your point, like just the flexibility of some of these teams to pull out pocket picks in best of ones, like mm -hmm. that's that's definitely nice in best of ones. Tougher. Oh yeah, uh, like you you may not get that in in a best of three or a best of five, but just for one game, just to know like 
like uh, no nobody is fighting for the thing that I'm like looking to play here. We don't have to like give up two of these to get this. We don't have to pick this first to make them. We can just like ah oh, yeah, just pick me this. That's yep. that's super cool. So that was that was a pick that I wanted to talk about was the grave specifically. Um, because I thought I thought that was super interesting. But yeah, just literally misfortune in every game. Um, the the Amumu ended up like not being um not being that strong we see it banned a little bit but i think it's 04 right now in terms of uh gotcha so yeah that's just that's just rough yeah but i mean at the same time um it seems like a really like the pick makes especially with the misfortune like and so i think if you end up with a little bit better execution maybe um you could end up with i mean like two of the times that umumu was played one was played against lng it was played twice against hanwa um it was played against or sorry three times against hanwa once against cloud nine like they're they're picking the the some of the best teams in each group so Mm. it makes sense in this stage that it would be um more than likely like a lower win rate but the fact that it's getting played this consistently i think uh we should expect to see it being uh picked up in the main stage sure i think this is like not strategy related at all i just think amumu is so funny as like a champion because he's this like tiny little avatar but the idea is like his like He's like a massive tank, like he's super fucking dense. Well, he can be, yeah. and I think that's like one of the biggest problems with him here in the support role is he 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 just doesn't have the stats. Um, yeah. but when he is like, you know, when you get full gold of Mumu, he's just like a little fucking, he's like a little rock of like you know the densest material on earth or whatever. Well, and it's I think just in general, it's funny more like his lore that he is just little sad mummy boy mm-hmm. no one wants to be his friend and he just cries and cries and cries and like his old is stops mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh so it it's unrelated to league but it reminds me of did you know pennsylvania has our own like urban legend like fantasy like creature thing like you have uh west virginia has like mothman and like different places have like the urban legend type uh is ours the jersey devil no our well but the jersey devil is a good example mm-hmm. of one mm-hmm. uh, but ours is called squonk and who dude who the fuck made dude, that up this how is, long has that been yeah, around it's been around for a while dude four and years so, tops no Squonk. uh what dude i can't believe you just said that that's no, literally I'm, like i'm dead to 1910 it's a wow. mythical creature in american folklore and what? basically all this this thing does is it it's really ugly and like wrinkly and has like warts and shit like that all over its skin and if it if someone sees it it gets surprised or like scared and it just cries until it dissolves and disappears 
like it it just cries because it's like so ugly it doesn't want anyone to see it and it just cries and like vanishes wait what i'm dead serious i am linking you right now but uh that's what uh, a moo moo kind of reminds me of that's it's funny. like this ugly little like creature whoa it's kind of like what eeyore looks like and even in the little picture that it has it's got tears coming off of its face i like, see that dude what the fuck yeah somebody just saw like an overgrown frog one day and then just projected all of their sadness onto it yep dude it's 1910 man in yeah they didn't even have cell phones back then man what do they know they don't I, fucking know anything back in 1910 holy shit yeah i just thought that was really funny i'm like i'm the like squonk. yeah squonk dude <laughs> new name for the podcast we are no longer the tall and short we are the squonk we are the squonk dude what the fuck the yeah squonk. shane shane uh shane told me about it brother told him about it i guess dude. his brother like found out living up in oh my god yeah yeah of course all those fucking mountain people just high on fucking opiates seeing overgrown fucking frogs jeez almighty hey oh there's another squonk over there it's it's sad people seeing overgrown frogs and saying that's a sad frog that's all it is (laughs) dude now i'm just making fun of everybody i'm making fun of the whatever so league of legends <laughs> a moo <moo-moo. laughs> he uh lately has just been crying and so that uh that i guess relates to the squonk he just gets deleted off the map but yeah um the but yeah i i do like that pick but i also thought it was um just a little bit interesting was seeing the zed get picked up Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of times, once by LNG, by Infinity, I believe, or no, mm-hmm. it was a uh, piece. So, I like, I fully enjoy having Zed back in this. I like that there's some excitement with some assassin play and everything. I don't know what. What are your thoughts? I I like it being there. I think if. If we can't have a game five draft pick blind with the possibility of a Zed v Zed, I don't want it at all. You don't want it. I only want Zed if we can see two Zeds. Just, eh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's dumb. No, I think Zed. Um, I think Zed has big, like, like playmaking potential and i think a champion like him on the world stage is very exciting like a like a big rise alt or like a big talia alt big gnar alt like it is it is it's a fun champion and an exciting champion to watch and even though it has like some people may find the assassin play pattern like kind of frustrating where it's just like hey it almost feels so free the kill, but so much setup goes into it. And especially like 
especially when the pros do it, it, it there's so much that goes into the vision game around getting picks and yeah. all sorts of stuff that I do find picks like Zed, the Talon, LeBlanc, Kennen. These are champions that excite me a lot because it makes players like, like problem solve because they have to figure out how to get in and around. But once they do, it's like GG. I love, I actually love Zed. He's cool. And I think that it's interesting that they're being picked up still, even in this kind of meta where it is. So there's just so much crowd control that could shut them down. Like if a Zed gets like hit with a Leona ult at the right time, or just bops them with the stun and then ults and like does all that. Like he is screwed. So you really, like you said, a lot of stuff goes, I mean, the first Zed game, he was against uh, Galio. He was against, or sorry, no, not against Galio. He was against Kiana, um, against Leona, against Fiora. Could have, could potentially get some CC in there, at least slows. So, like, they're playing it in these just metas. The other game it was played against Kenan. Um, Rakan, Nar, or sorry, I misread that. But yeah, anyway, with this meta the way it is, the CC against, like, it seems pretty even. Um, I know there have been seasons where the assassins just were out of uh, a while back, but it's fun to see them getting some play, but also um, you see people playing the Rise, the Syndra, the Oriana. We have a pretty good mix. Yeah. It seems that we're seeing a pretty, um, yeah, a pretty diverse meta uh, teams trying to do different things, different strategies. Um, the one thing I know I said to you offline was the priority on Silas from a bunch of teams. Um, a lot, yeah. There are just so many good ultimates that people are bringing to the table that he just is a great champ and he fits he fits right into like what's going on in the meta he fits into the you know try and kill you before you kill me kind of idea and watching watching perks play the silas specifically in the i think it was the most recent game that they played where or maybe it was the one from earlier in the day today where the amumu like walked into mid lane when he was level three and immediately perks just like altered him and then just altered the ground and like and then just won the fight it was so fucking funny um so yeah i think silas is like big game changer big game changer and like he's he's fun to watch yeah um and he just like the healing and everything get from him too i mean in the i think it was the same cloud nine game um he just had the double kill bot lane right towards the end that um pushed that and that was against beyond i think Mm -hmm. um where they were just able to like push down the nexus after him getting the uh the two kills in the 1v2 on the silas and he was oh, still dude, like, that was disrespectful. Like, yeah. Was, Through the Zonias. Yeah. The man, the man d- forgets how to press R when he turns, but then he goes in and just does that kind of thing on Silas. Like, yeah, fucking weird. Like, he that got turned to mirrored by a Silas <laughs> when he played Trindamir mid. 
That was that was really funny. I I heard um, Marx was saying that. I think it was. Um, but yeah, very uh, very interesting. I like the I like Fudge on the Malphite. That game was hilarious. Yeah. Um, the the Baron where he literally just like just stood there and they could not get through him. Um, yeah, Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine was on a tear. Honestly, I think that was like the biggest surprise. Um, I think there was like a pit in my stomach thinking like. Oh man, here we go again, right? Yep. But um, yeah, starting out, starting out doing pretty well, so I'm like very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, and tomorrow they play um, the zero and three Unicorns of Love. That's their last game of this uh, start of the play-ins before the the knockout stage. Yep. So if they can win that, Cloud Nine ends up um, just being straight on through to the main stage and everything they don't have to worry about any weirdness um i mean there's still potential for them to make it through um anyway but uh even if like all they would need is detonation focus me to lose their game and they would be all good to go but um but yeah they've looked really strong i'd love to see a 4-0 come out uh, and just put them with some confidence right into into the regular group stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're they're playing they're playing like they can do it. I don't think it's like uh oh well they threw at the Baron or like oh well he flashed on top of himself or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, and as as they like to say in the racing world, they did it on merit. Yep, not because yeah. their wallet. Not because of their wallet and not because somebody crashed out. Um, who is I have to ask you, you've yeah. probably been pulling your hair out. Is that it play by play from Korea? Say that again. I didn't Valdez the is Valdez the Korean caster? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Actually, I don't think I don't think they did a good uh, good job of like describing where they're from. They are all, they're all just like on. I don't know. Gotcha. Because I think so. Valdez and Wolf were casting together. Okay, so they're both else casters, but one of them kept saying like all the things that you hate from LS, like sinner, like picks and cheater recalls and things oh, like I that. I fucking heard that. I heard him <laughs> say like, cheater recall. I was like, you shithead. And you he threw, shithead. He threw out sinner a couple times too. And I was like, it's not going to like that. <laughs> no, it just, you know, whatever. Everyone has their own style, but it, it, it's just indicative of like, oh, I know, who, I know who's on your YouTube recommended feed. You know what I mean? It's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I know who you watch on well, Twitch. Well, they cast it together for a bit, I guess. Then, if they're LCA casters, they've probably cast it side by side with with them. So uh, that's they didn't even have to. They didn't even have to search as you. They just that toxicity just leaked over. It was um, like when you hang around someone for long and picking up, so you start acting or sounding yeah. like them when you talk, and 
<laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I did hear that. I did hear that. So that's funny that you mentioned that. But yeah. Yeah. Now, overall, I think the cast have been really good. But obviously, like, we're not even like we're not even at the main event yet, which is pretty funny. And it seems like they recognize that on the like broadcast, um, which is kind of cool. I'm happy they're not like. I don't know. Did you see the fucking did you see the commercial that they did like at the very start of the broadcast? No, I've I've only caught on like I've gotten up and like started watching like right at seven, basically. So I haven't seen any of the like other stuff. There's like a it's like an advertisement that they that the uh, the riot team put together and it's like a bunch of different fans from the different regions like talking about their like use of like hopium and how it like helps them as a fan. And it's these like really weird shots of them like dancing around. It's just like it all feels very like stock image. I feel really uncomfortable, dude. Dude, I literally like I I, I turned it off. I That's was like, I, so I can't cringy. Watch I would be so like, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I was like, okay, so that's what you mu- that's what you guys choose to put instead of like the drums and the three D dragon. Like, fuck off, dude. It's so stupid. But that was that was my only gripe with the broadcast. Everything else is dope. Although. I'm pretty sure I said this last year too. Like, there's something notably missing with everybody in masks. You know, nobody's in the same room and there's no fans at all. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I mean, I guess they've all been vaccinated. They're all in quarantine and have to stay relatively quarantined or have to stay, I would assume, quarantined on like a campus of sorts uh, specifically for them for the events and also and i think they ship out like right when they're done playing and they get driven in like when they're pretty close to playing so it's all very um they're keeping a they're keeping a tight ship which i'm happy for i don't want any of the players that were that were watching getting sick i don't want any of the you know friends family loved ones i don't want any any of the bad stuff happening so i'm i'm glad that everyone's like taking proper precautions that they can put the tournament on even yeah. um it's kind of they you had know. any fans or has it been i didn't think didn't think it's, so it's cold i don't i don't think they even like go oh, like 25 percent. i don't think they even fucked around with it they just they just made one really dope stage and just let it at that yeah whatever man i'm 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 here for it i just wanted to wanted to comment on that but yeah overall man i think it's been i think it's been super fun i'm very impressed with um the teams and players that i wasn't as familiar with um overall it's just been um yeah it's been a fun couple of Here's a here's a thing. How many people got fucking murked on terrible bases? Just oh, people like literally God. just like like losing barrels over them. Losing games. That they they lost that game where he got killed in the the blue buff jungle. They lost that game like right after. Well, but then also there have been ones where someone just like bases at a bad time on board or something and then the other Dude, kill baron I now know. i know like that that's been like the one like glaring glaring like mistake that's being made a bunch like, yeah literally just middle of nowhere just like yep this is where i'll go home that's fine 
What? Crazy. I'm just going to stand here for eight seconds. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was like that. That was that was the thing that was making me pull my hair out. But I was like, you know what? Shout out for the teams being able to punish because that was fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. No, the teams were taking advantage of that. And I think it's a, a great thing to see there. Like, comfortable just jumping on that and like plays like very just. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is fun. Um, did you have any like stood out? I mean, obviously, uh, with C nine Hanwha Life and LNG, I think we can say that everyone seems to be doing a really pretty solid uh, performance so far. But um, I mean, you mentioned Doggo earlier, but mm-hmm. I guess were there any other players that that really kind of caught your eye? Well, I have to say, maybe I'll answer it in this way. I was looking for, I was looking for a support to really latch on to from one of these teams. But again, and this may just be biased, like the the player that seemed to be hitting the most interesting timings and roams was Vulcan still. Yeah. Like I didn't see anybody playing as heads up as he was from the support role. And mm-hmm. he was like, he was in the right place at the right time a lot. Yeah. So I, I'll give an honorable mention to Vulcan, but is there a player that stands out? There are a couple th- of names. I feel like I heard like okay. uh, pretty consistent. Like, and, and Mojito, the Galatasaray is them that seem yep. to be uh doing pretty pretty solidly um like not really uh putting himself in in too many bad positions and everything um it's like more comfortable uh he played the Zinzao against cloud nine like he was moving around the um he had the the leaks in um against detonation focus me so i mean he's he's i think one of the ones that stood out more it's definitely tough with like these teams being i guess having the score lines that they do like being like one and two oh and three two and two uh things like that tougher to like for those players to stand out but oh sure but yeah that doesn't mean there there haven't been like big plays in the games though yeah um just definitely after watching you know how many how many matches 16 games it's like it's it's a bit hard to stand out so i think to to answer the question best is doggo like he he is he was just flashy i I remember him yeah solid well, uh, hopefully we can see some more play. I mean, we've got four more games tomorrow. Then we're going to have um, the uh, elimination round on Friday. So we've got uh, a couple best of matches for those. Nice. Um, so it should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to have an action-packed weekend. We will have coverage of all of those games next Wednesday. We'll have coverage of the Turkish Grand Prix next Wednesday. That is all here on the tall and short of it. You'll find us here every fucking Wednesday. There you go. Um, so, Justin, you had some magic games 
it was last night, right? Uh, we played both Monday and Tuesday, actually. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So hit me with it. How'd it go? Did you get to play any uh, any new decks? Get some wins. I got one win. That w- that one's fun. We can talk about that. But the main thing I think that I, that's like interesting to talk about is that like we may actually be able to dig into is I'm trying a different strategy of like trying to play a little more optimally and i wanted i I wanted to see where that started like like where i'm tripping up the most and what i've come to or at least uh one answer to start at seems to be um like the starting seven cards that I keep at the at the very start of the game. I was wondering if that was going to be part of it, just from us talking and everything. It's few times where you've like had to like burn and go down to six or even five. Like the one day you said for the um uh the patron day yeah. with the pod or the uh podcast that you listen to. Uh, I always get mixed up with YouTube videos. videos. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, So like burning down to five cards for your starting hand for that. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple games where when you said that, the first thing that popped in mind was back when we played league and you were really trying to improve. Had spreadsheets of like different things for like your your CS at 10 minutes and like different things like that. Well, that um, really to see helped. where you could like improve and like make like turn those little inches into feet and and everything uh, yeah. to improve yourself. So I was curious if you had like that kind of deck. Like, I why did I lose? Like, I got stuck with two lands and didn't pull another land and couldn't like cycle through my library like right and you're like okay so maybe i need to add a little more uh like um to like searching through my library or like kind of tune your decks a little bit more that kind of way mm-hmm. so yeah so there's been like yeah exactly like you're getting at it's i think my like card selections going into the decks are fine like i i feel like the the numbers are okay like i have enough ramp i have enough car you know i you know for for the things that i want to matter i feel like they're there so the it seems like the big problem comes from like i was saying the you know the the cards that you keep so instead of doing instead of trying to like oh like all right we only get to play like two or three games. What what two decks do I really want to play? And so like I'll I'll bring like eight different lists, knowing I'm only gonna get to play like two of them. And then there's this onus of like, oh, like what do I really want to play? And so I'm like kind of caught up in it all. And then before I know it, they've all chose like they all have their hands. They're like, oh, like ready to go. So I'm like, oh, I'll just keep this whatever. And then like you were saying, yeah, I never draw into the second or third land or whatever. So what I've decided to do, and this went well for 
Monday and Tuesday where I just picked one deck that I was going to play for the evening and then just however many games we got to play, that's how many games I was playing that deck. And then not care about win or lose, not care about, oh, like, did I interact at the right moment? Did I swing it in the correct amount of times or whatever? I was just going to really focus on the opening hand. And like, did I think about it? Did I go to my second seven? Because you get a free second seven cards, right? right? So I I wanted to think about being more critical at that very opening stage of the game. And I think I was more successful at it the second night. I kept what I would now consider questionable hands on Monday. So just the attention to it has shown me like, oh yeah, like you are keeping dumb hands or like questionable hands at least. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes with that, um, with you, if you go to like your third hand, fourth hand, whatnot, uh, is due to the fact that you're like targeting uh, such a specific, like with some of your decks, like a specific win condition and things like that. I feel like that could be something like kind of yes. zone in on and that you're so tunnel. about getting that, like getting mm-hmm. the best hand to get that, that you mm-hmm. just don't necessarily end up with like a good hand to like get the ball rolling at all. Even play the game, right? Like yeah. I have the card that says you win the game, but I don't have any cards that say you get to play the game, right? Right that's the pro yeah i think you hit so, the nail on the head that's the like i see the card i'm like oh i that's that's one of two that i need right especially with the, like magic being a game where like you're creating x you're like you have specific um like styles and play like different play you don't there are very few decks i can that you can just like pl- i mean i'm sure there are there are plenty of decks with multiple win conditions but there are going to be, I'd say, more decks that have like a specific play style that you're going to try and play like every um, like having kind yeah. of a like trump card like, oh, I got Exodia, boom, hit them with it. Yeah, like, at least something to play towards, even if right. you don't, you know, even if you only get close to it, like, you know, three out of ten games or whatever. At least you have something that when you're drawing cards, you have something that like you can look forward to, which is like weird. But if you don't put anything in the deck that actually like definitively ends the game or puts you in a position where like you're going to win the game, I'm not sure. Like there's got to be serious problems in deck building then. Yeah. And so Um, like since you spend all the time like focusing on these strategies and it would be easy to tunnel onto like oh i just need to get to this so like i need to get to that thing um and to lose sight of yeah that like starting hand or your setup early on wow that okay no that's actually a good point so you're saying i've learned i've learned what cards to look for but that's not necessarily good enough. I'm 
I'm now in a position where I just I need to learn how to play the deck better. And a big part of that is knowing what I need at the setup to get to that end game. Yeah, whether it's okay, I need to like down the road, I'm going to need to have six different lands for mana to be able to get like to play this card. Okay, well, if I only have one in my opening hand, then like that's not going to be a good opening hand most likely because you don't know if you're going to unless you have like scry or something cycle through your deck already like you could just get stuck like pulling non-land cards again and again so like yeah kind of thinking through that that game plan and being like like focusing on the early game a little bit I yeah, guess yeah like very it. much so very much focusing on the early game um, yeah so that's that's cool that you're like honing in on those like so, like tuning some more aspects of your play style as opposed to like the decks because it does sound like a lot of your decks are really in solid positions to be competitive and all um or at so. least to a degree that I'm happy not spending any more money on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. At a, at a certain point, and this is like the hard truth is at a certain point, I could spend any amount of money on, that I want on any amount of good cards that I want. But if I don't know how to fucking play them, I'm never I'm I'm still never going to win, you know? Yeah. So I I think my focus has been just learn how to play the game better instead of like constantly torturing myself about like what card I I put in the deck that like had to be the thing. It's like, well, no, you may not have played the first three cards even right, you know? So that's, that's the angle that I was thinking of. I think I did better at it during the second game uh, or during the second night of games. But, but yeah, so I just played like, two different decks one on each night um the one win that i did get was playing a new deck that is black red green and i originally had the idea just to just to put it together for that color combination and there was a two card combo printed or a new card got printed recently that created a two card combo so you have Witherbo- Witherbloom Apprentice and then a card called Fury Storm. Witherbloom deals damage to each opponent whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell. Fury Storm says copy this spell for every time you've cast your commander. And then Fury Storm lets you like copy a spell. So what you can do is if you've cast your commander at least one time during the game... You have Witherbloom Apprentice on the battlefield. You cast Fury Storm and then point the copy at itself. And then it just in- infinitely would copy itself on the stack. And then everybody dies because the Witherbloom's on the field. Gotcha. That's and interesting. I, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I, 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 loved, I, I loved the Witherbloom. There's another, co- there's another card that works similar, but that's that keeps it just in black. But Fury Storm is red, so I have to be in green, black, and red. Okay. I have a copy of Corvold. I did not want to build Corvold. He's like, he's easy street for that color combination. I wanted to find something a little more interesting, but I wanted to be able to play that combo like inside of that deck. So I ended up having a home for Corvold, 
my wither bloom and this fury storm and the game that i won i won with the wither bloom fury storm combo because and this was this was a game i had the wither bloom apprentice in my opening hand and i was like it wasn't the main reason i kept the hand but it sure helped and then just in the game that was like a top deck on one of my turns and i was like or the fury storm was a top deck yeah. and i was like okay that's that's pretty cool that's awesome yeah so i was <laughs> i was pretty happy about that that deck that deck is really fun to play i like that a lot i think that's one that that's gonna get a soul ring that's like the uh good version of your pokemon attacked itself in confusion yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, hurt, it hurt itself in confusion this card's like i'm gonna use it on myself <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool that uh that you found like a new deck that you could make based on that um, and everything and kind of get rolling with it. That's fun. Well, much to much to Ian's dismay, I think that's what gives me the inspiration for most of the decks that I build is I have this, I have these cards that are for this combo. I want them to have a home because I want to combo. Yeah. yeah. So I just like, I just build a deck. So though, like I've told you before, so those cards have a home. But yeah. I always want to have, like like you were saying, something to draw towards. Even if the deck right. isn't, like, really good, even if I'm not, like, tutoring and, like, playing free cards and whatever, I still want to have, like, two or three cards that when I when, that when you put them together, I win the game. Yeah. I uh, like having a hard out. You get joy out of that team. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, That's the I, gene that I got. I get the same like joy out of telling bad, bad to my friends because they're just like, "Oh my god, yeah, like stop!" And I'm just like, "No, I'm not gonna stop because I enjoy watching them like be annoyed more than I enjoy hearing them laugh at." Me. Like, I don't gotcha. need to be funny. I just need to like tell jokes that I think are funny that bug. Them. <laughs> that is a strategy you could go for. It, I do often. It's fun. <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, that's um, that's that's the way I like to build decks. That's what inspired this deck. Um, but it only won one of those three games. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fun. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm gonna be brewing any more decks here for a while, just because I'm like, I, it feels like I'm out of cards that are like that like could be in a deck because i mean together you know, and all. yeah because yeah, after a while you know if you're if you don't yeah eventually the binders just run empty when you know you fill up fill up a bunch of decks with cards but that's the um that's the fun of it i'm looking forward like i said to playing more games with ben he said he had a buddy that may want to get into some commander games so nice. we could have a lot of commander coming up nothing like more competitive i doubt numbers wise too which is yeah. nice just to just for the possibility to get more games in yeah. um and i'm fine playing like lower power level if it's more quantity i think the idea was like dude if we're only playing like once a week i like i want to play with my cards that win the game mm -hmm. but because we're playing more often i'm comfortable just like playing to play i think that's cool but even in just like playing to play i think i there's definitely things to improve on like my like my keeps at the beginning of a game there you go. Well, yeah, man. Um, that's that's my my magic chat. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're glad. Oh, absolutely.
I like I enjoy talking about. I may not understand, but I still get the like enough of it to I feel like uh, get a, have a good time chatting about it. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And so. it, and it's nice to know that I have someone in in my corner when I'm playing those games. It feels like um, oh, whoever yeah. whoever Rocky Balboa's trainer was, we're just like yeah. get up, get up, Rocky. That's how I feel when Ian's just punching the shit out of me. Like what would what would Aaron say? Kicking his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we got some some solid magic talk. I guess anything flavor of the week. Yeah. Um. Now you cut out there a little bit. Did you? Would you like me to start, or were you saying oh, you would oh, start? I was uh, asking if you had anything else we're looking to chat about before. Ah. Gotcha. Then my answer is no. There's nothing else I would like to get into. Why don't you give me your flavor of the week, Aaron? Sounds good. Uh, So for my food, uh, this past Friday, uh, one of my friends was in town. And so we just ordered some uh, pizza shop nearby. And they have, I think they called it the Maniunk Special. And... It was like a supreme meat lovers pizza. So it had like every type of meat on it, but it also had like the peppers and mushrooms and all the different like vegetables that would be on a supreme pizza. And it was just delicious. It like that that shit slapped. So that was my my food for the week. Nice. Um for my music, I've been listening to a bit more I like music. Some like Coulter Wall folk and country, like Coulter Wall, Johnny Cash, like Green Sky Bluegrass, some of those things. And I think like the fall weather and that it's like just coming out a little bit. Uh, so I'm enjoying that uh, for my music. And then for my show, it's an interesting one. I think I'm not sure if you would enjoy it or not but i think you would be interested in giving it a shot because it kind of relates to us slightly so it's called the midnight gospel mm-hmm. it is a show on netflix that was made by the and so it's like a weird art style cartoon about this guy who is a space caster. So it's like a futuristic podcaster. And he just goes, each episode, he basically like pops his head into this simulation chamber thing uh, that like tell, like takes him to some simulated world with all people and like different creatures and them and like talks to them and so the art is just like on what this like weird alien is but then he's just like doing a podcast and just like goes on and on and on and wrapping things up and he's like or things like start going badly uh around him and he's dips out of his little simulation chamber it's kind of weird it's kind of out there but pretty like 
it was entertaining in a strange way because there's no plot really at all. Right. You're just listening to this like conversation, and apparently it's based off of interviews from some guys like actual podcast. So weird. Yeah, it's that's uh, cool. That's like very like meta. Yeah, so it's um the writer I guess had the show had a pod um with a m- number of like his friends I guess as special guests or like other comedians. He had Joey Diaz. Gotcha. Yeah, so the this whole thing is just like based on his podcast episodes. It's kind of trippy colors and like weird stuff going on. It okay. was I enjoyed it. So I definitely think it's worth a shot, but it's weird enough that I feel like some people would be like, "Nah, I I right. hate this." How so, how long are the episodes? Um I don't think they're that long. I think they're only like half hour. But okay. Let me uh interesting. Here. Um the episodes actually I can't do that. Um cuz it's going to start playing through my headphones. But yeah, I think they're about half an hour long. They're like not crazy long, but Okay. Yeah. And what's I, it called? I enjoy it. The Midnight Gospel. The Midnight Gospel. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that is my uh show. So that's my flavor of the week. Nice, dude. Um, for mine's, mine's, mine's kind of dumb cause I'm, I'm less, um, experimental, but, um, so for my visual medium, I would just like to make the joke and the, um, uh, express my relief in, uh, Sarah's almost done with Grey's Anatomy. Um, that's nice. almost out of my life for the near future at least i have a feeling there'll be a there'll be a restart at some point wait um, is it ending i think it's done actually interesting that's I, been going for a long time i'm fucking clueless there's like 17 seasons yeah that's a long show yeah and some of it's mind numbing there's been like three i remember like three moments of like genuine interest where like the thing happening on screen was like actually engaging and not just like contrived bullshit but sarah's sarah's a really good sport she you know whatever she lets me clown on those fools but yeah so that's go ahead it's one of those shows it's for for miss midwest housewives so just good. like they need some excitement, some romance, some like risk of of life. You know, I don't know what even it is, if it's man. contrived bullshit, <laughs> but it's it's definitely not for me. I can tell you that. I um, believe you. <laughs> but again, Sarah coming through. She uh, she made her world famous chili this uh, this week. Ooh, so it's getting I love... chilly weather, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's what I have. I have chili dash autumn food. Um, so oh, you yeah. have like you know the nice like little cool breeze in the air, but it's still kind of warm. You get like a nice like warm plate of food. Um, so yeah, definite autumn vibes. Definite autumn vibes with the chili. So I love that. And then for my music, I would like to shout out the soundtrack to Satisfactory. Um, it's just this like 
kind of like ethereal, you know, spacey kind of sounds going on just in the background. But um, yeah. it's one time where I've taken to just like not having music on or like a podcast or whatever. I'm just kind of comfortable just listening to the game. I love hearing the like sounds of the foundry going, like your machines and like the water yeah. and the pipes and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just like enjoying the soundscape of the game a lot. Some, like uh, ASMR type. A, a little bit, you know, or just uh, or more like white noise, like waves crashing, like the that kind of thing, more like just like, like ambient, okay. like environmental noise. Yeah, I mean, come on, when when you say ASMR, you think of fucking amaranth sucking a microphone. Like, I come, yeah, I wasn't trying to direct it. No, it's it's no longer feathers along a microphone. It's fucking glop, 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 glop. <laughs> but dude, it's the yeah, thing you're, now. You're, yeah. you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm enjoying the um the the a the Space Factory ASMR. Space Factory ASMR. Big vibes. Big Space Factory vibes. Nice. Yeah. So that's my <laughs> that's my flavor of the week, dude. It ended up being a little funnier than I thought it would be, actually. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> That's, good. That's, good. That's solid, man. Um, well, I guess uh, anything. Um, other than we probably got to fix your mic for next episode because you've been cutting out like crazy. Yeah, I'll have to figure out what's going on. That's a bit annoying. I'm not really sure. That's all right. But other than that, that that is my uh, that is my final thought. Would you like to take us out of here? Sure. Um, so thank you everyone for coming to. Again, um, it's been another really fun episode talking about war. Really excited that we're back into the actual game. Also, mm-hmm. uh, of course, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Talk One if you want to get in the conversation. Uh, drop a comment, drop a like. Um, yeah, Justin, go ahead and let's wrap this thing up. Tell your mom, tell your friends, tell your dad, get everybody listening. We're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for spending your time with us. We really appreciate it. Um, That has been another tall and short of an episode, everyone. Peace out. Later.